Friday, November 8th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 10 FanDuel Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. That can be important to check throughout the weekend because, Jared, even though we mentioned the numbers on this show quite a bit, they're going to change through Saturday as we get injury news and stuff like that. Exactly. That's why I really try to wait till Sunday morning to actually build my lineups. On DraftSharks.com, you can read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. And come Saturday morning, you can see the lineups that Jared and I are playing against each other in the Shark Duel. Jared outdid me with a killer lineup here Last week, hitting 156 points, even with Allen Robinson's 1.1 dud in there. Any takeaways from that smoke? I was I was due for a win on FanDuel here, um, but yeah, Russell Wilson and Zach Ertz were key for me here. They, they were they were key for me last week in general. It was it was a nice week for me on uh, on in, in DFS. You couldn't even let me come through on being due for a, a crown his ass win over on the DraftKings one though. Not quite, jerk. We'll both be back at it for week 10. We'll show you how, who we're playing against each other come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. Now that you're back in the win, win column here, though, Jared, why don't you lead us off with a cash QB? I think Lamar Jackson is the play. Um, you know, he is the most expensive quarterback. But, you know, again, on FanDuel, the, the prices aren't the, – the, the range isn't too wide. So I think if you can get to Lamar, it makes sense. He comes in second among quarterbacks in dollars per point value, just behind Kyler Murray, who I do think is a decent option if you're trying to save some money. But Lamar Jackson, we know he gives you that massive rushing floor. He's averaging nearly 80 rushing yards a game. He scored 21-plus Fando points in all but one game this season. Um, That includes three games over 30 points, and one of those was in the first matchup against the Bengals, who are just brutal against the run. So it really sets up as a nice matchup for Lamar Jackson on the ground. And there's passing upside, too, especially with Marquise Brown back now. I agree. I mean, Lamar Jackson tops the quarterback rankings anyway for the week, and here he's more attractive because his price is not so far ahead of the other quarterbacks, mm-hmm. um, you know, relative to all the other positions. 8,600 on FanDuel. He's just 300 more than Drew Brees, 700 more than Jameis Winston, 900 more than Kyler Murray. So I think all those guys are in play if the, if the salary matters that much to you, but I don't think that it's going to be too difficult to get to Lamar Jackson, especially with some of the wide receiver values that we'll talk about. Yes, definitely. And I think Lamar Jackson is is definitely in play on the tournament side as well because he comes with that ultimate ceiling, that 30-point upside that you talked about. And you can stack him with Mark Andrews here on FanDuel. Andrews is 6,800, so I don't think that he's going to get too popular at any point. He's $100 more than Travis Kelsey on FanDuel this week, $200 more than Austin Hooper. He is still fourth in our FanDuel dollars per point projections. Andrews has seen seven-plus targets in every game before the Patriots game last Sunday. In the first meeting with the Bengals, six catches for 99 yards. So, again, it's a nice one. It's a nice stack there. Uh, like I said, though, there are plenty of other attractive quarterback and quarterbacks and quarterback stacks available. Yeah, how about Patrick Mahomes? It seems like he's getting lost this week in his first game back from the knee injury. 
you know, Lamar Jackson just above him in salary in a great spot. Drew Brees, a hundred bucks cheaper than Mahomes in a great spot. But I mean, I, I still think Mahomes has just as high a ceiling, if not a higher ceiling than any other quarterback. Um, he's coming in at just 7.6 projected ownership over on fan share. Matchup here is fine. The Titans are 20th in football outsiders past D. They're 14th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They just lost one of their starting corners in Malcolm Butler. And I also like Mahomes because I think Travis Kelsey is just easily the best tight end play. Even if he's going to be popular, I just think he's such a big value. So I, I think that sort of helps the value on Mahomes as a tournament quarterback, just having Kelsey there to stack him with. I agree. All right, over to running back now, where just like on DraftKings, Christian McCaffrey is up to $10,500 in salary, still second, though, in our FanDuel dollars per point projections. And here there are three other running backs at 8000 plus. So, I mean, not only is he still a, a fine value at that high salary, but Christian McCaffrey is even closer to the rest of the field on FanDuel than he is at that number on DraftKings. Right. It is interesting that Saquon Barkley comes in as a number one dollar per point projected value. Um, so I don't know, t- to me, especially if we're paying up a quarterback, McCaffrey isn't as much of a play on FanDuel as he is on DraftKings. But of course, I'm not going to argue with anyone playing McCaffrey. Yeah, for sure. So who do you like for cash? Uh, you're not going to like this one, but I like David Montgomery for cash. Um, 6400 bucks. So you, you like the price. I like the volume. I mean, I know he, he, he's, you know, he had that one game a few weeks ago where he, he was invisible, but had the big game in week eight, came back last week, 14 carries and four targets. That gives him nine targets over the last two games now. So you like the passing game usage. He, he's, you know, the clear lead ball carrier here. Bears are at home. They're actually slight favorites against the, the Lions. Um, Detroit's 18th in football outsiders run D, giving up 4.7 yards per carry through running backs over the last four games now and, and they're actually dead last in FanDuel points allowed to running backs yeah dead last in fantasy points allowed to the position across formats I can certainly see the upside to him and I love the David Montgomery pick if it means you're going to be playing him against me in cash I'll, I'll do that just for you <laughs> oh thanks I'm gonna go with Nick Chubb at 7900 here just like I did on the DraftKings pod I mean, same case overall. Buffalo fifth against the pass, 30th against the run. So it behooves the offense to run the ball against them. And Cleveland actually enters this game as a home favorite. So they should be better set up against Buffalo to run the ball than they are against some other teams where they might have fallen behind. Falling behind hasn't hurt and losing hasn't hurt. Nick Chubb is still averaging 19.3 carries per game. He does not have a game with less than 16 carries so far. He's had 20 carries in three straight games. So even though Kareem Hunt is about to enter the fold here, I don't think that it really hurts Nick Chubb's touch out. Look, maybe it takes away a few, but I th- I still think we're looking at, you know, 16 to 18 carries at least for Chubb with upside beyond that. And and the Buffalo matchup has manifested in fantasy points as well. Buffalo is the fourth friendliest matchup to the position in adjusted fantasy points allowed. And maybe I'm naive, but I, I sort of like the Browns to to – play well in this spot at home against the Bills on Sunday. And I think Nick Chubb is going to be a big part of that. So I like, I like that call. Yeah. And I, Chubb honestly is probably my favorite on the tournament side too, because the price is good on him and he brings as much ultimate ceiling, especially relative to price as anybody else at running back this week, I think. Yep. Yeah. I love Chubb. I'll have him in tournaments. Um, I like Derek Henry for tournaments too. 7,000 bucks. I like the price coming in coming in at 9% projected ownership so you like that. We talked on Thursday's podcast about the Chiefs they have tightened up against the run over the past 3 weeks and then actually giving up just 3.6 yards per carry to running backs. I still think it's a beatable run defense and and I'm, you know, confident the Titans are going to come out here 
trying to control the ball with Derrick Henry. So, you know, if they can maybe jump out to a lead or at least keep this game close, I think Henry is a good bat for 20 plus carries and I think he can do some damage. So you wouldn't play Derrick Henry in the same tournament lineup as Patrick Mahomes though, right? No, definitely not. I mean, because again, yeah, if Henry's going to, I think hit a ceiling, it's going to mean the Titans do a pretty good job, at least limiting Mahomes. Right. And if you're getting a ceiling game from Mahomes, it likely means that they're jumping out to a big lead on Tennessee and making it a little bit less uh, possible to run the ball as much as we would like from Derrick Henry. Yep. I think Jamal Williams at 5,600 is interesting for a tournament lineup here too. I mean, obviously there's risk to him. We don't know how much he's going to touch the ball, but the the range of outcomes does include, you know, six targets. It does include the possibility of double-digit carries if something goes wrong for Aaron Jones or if Jamal Williams happens to start the game out well. And he's seen a lot of red zone work lately. So mm-hmm. tournament side only, but I think there's enough upside to make him worth a look. Yeah, I like it on FanDuel where, you know, touchdowns are worth a bit more with a half PPR and at that price tag makes makes sense. And speaking of ball carriers, let's take a minute to talk about Manscaped. Manscaped is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jared, when you've been married as long as I have, you need to figure out ways to keep things fresh, ways to impress your mate. I'm not really the clean-shaven type, so I did not know the first thing about manscaping. Honestly, I didn't even know that the term only referred to the Southern Hemisphere. When I learned that, Got a little nervous. Fortunately, I got the perfect package kit from manscaped.com. Makes the whole deal so easy. I can highly recommend the Lawnmower 2.0. It's a trimmer that is 100% waterproof. It is safe to touch. It is quiet. It's safe to use on those sensitive areas. You know, you can have it in the shower with you. You won't have kids asking why dad has a toy in the bathroom. You can get away with it. You certainly don't have to be my age for this stuff to be important either. You don't have to have kids. Even if you have a baby face like Jared's, if you've only been married for a few years, personal grooming is going to help you impress whoever you're trying to impress. As a listener of the DS podcast, you're eligible to get 20% off and free shipping on all orders at manscaped.com with the code DRAFTSHARKS. That's no space. 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. So just head over to their website, manscaped.com, shop around, find the ideal package for you. Make sure you type in the promo code DRAFTSHARKS, all one word, at checkout. You can save yourself some money. Our wide receiver, who do you like for cash? Kevin Ridley is just way too cheap, and he's not exactly the type of receiver I think you're looking for in cash, but I think he makes plenty of sense at this price tag. $5,300, easily the top dollars per point value based on our week 10 projections. He's averaging 6.4 targets per game already. Now you have Mohamed Sanu gone, which is going to help Ridley. Should be a you know negative game script for the Falcons here playing from behind. So I think the passing volume in general will be up. And Ridley last year, he he crushed the Saints. You know, that, that big three touchdown game, sort of his breakout game last year, came against the Saints, had 146 yards in that game. And then the rematch, he caught eight balls for 93 yards in a score or so. No, good good, good spot for Ridley, and again, the, the price tag, I think, makes him a, a strong cash play. Yeah, and I mean, if Marshawn Lattimore does give Julio Jones any trouble in this game, or if the Falcons just decide to try to go away from Lattimore, you know, they're going to find Calvin Ridley working against a much worse corner on the other side and Eli Apple. So yep. yeah, I, I certainly have no problem with Calvin Ridley, especially at the price tag, and I mean, if you play him, you play the chalky guy and Christian Kirk at fifty-seven hundred bucks. It's going to make it a whole lot easier to get Michael Thomas in at eighty-seven hundred bucks. I think Michael Thomas is a candidate across formats here. Eight plus receptions in five straight games now. 
10, he has had a 10 catch game against Atlanta in each of his three NFL seasons. Overall, Michael Thomas has caught 75% of his targets against the Falcons. So even though he has mixed those 10 plus catch games with games of like four and five catches here and there, those are because he was getting five or six targets in those games. So as long as he gets the target volume, Michael Thomas is going to catch balls and produce. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I don't like paying up for wide receivers in cash just because even the top guys can be volatile. But I mean, Michael Thomas at home for the Falcons seems about as safe as it gets. Mm-hmm. And Golden Tate's the one other guy I got marked down there at 6300 bucks. Yep. Over on the tourney side, I think lots of options. Who do you like here? I have Marquise Brown down here, 5300 bucks. Um, I mean, it was it was a long time ago, but we did see him score close to 29 Fando points back in week one. Um, you know, he caught three balls for 48 yards last week in his return. So not a big game, but I don't think we expected a big game against the Patriots. Brown did play 57% of the snaps in that game, ran a route on 67% of Lamar Jackson's drop back. So the usage was pretty good. Matchup here is good. You know, the Bengals, in, in terms of like raw fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, that it hasn't been huge. But wide receivers are, are catching 75% of their targets against Cincinnati, averaging 10 yards per target. Those are both massive numbers. Um, and the Bengals have also allowed the fifth most catches of 40-plus yards this season. So I, I think there's a good chance Brown makes a big play or two in this one. Yeah, you can beat the Bengals in any way. And in some ways, that's making it harder for for some positions to score fantasy points. It's just too easy to run the ball against Cincinnati, so you don't have to throw it a whole lot. Right, and that is the risk because, I mean, Lamar Jackson could throw it 15 times in this game. Um, But again, it just takes one or two catches for Brown to have a big day. Yeah, right. It helps to have a guy like that who can do his damage on lower volume because his stuff comes deep downfield. Right. I'm going to go ahead and start back up my weekly mistake of playing Sammy Watkins all the time. <laughs> 400 bucks this week. He is sitting at 3.2% projected ownership. He's seen eight and 10 targets in his two games back from his injury. The Titans remain third in football outsiders run D rating. So it's going to be easier generally to throw the ball against them. And as you mentioned, Malcolm Butler is out for the season at this point. So the Titans who are already just kind of meh at corner are worse now. Here come the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes back. That boosts the ceiling for everybody. If Sammy Watkins stays in the 8 or 10 target range, I mean, he could have a big game here. Oh, yeah. I love Watkins for tournaments. I would say if you play on both FanDuel and DraftKings, I think Watkins is a better value over on DraftKings. Yeah, I agree with that, but he's nice on on both of these, too. Yep. Uh, Over at tight end, who's your cash, dude? Yeah, so again, it's Kelsey for me. Um, 6700 bucks, Easily tops in dollars per point value based on our projections. Um, you know, gets Mahomes back, obviously. Titans 24th in Football Outsiders tight end coverage rankings. They're 22nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. Yeah, he tops the FanDuel dollars per point projections by 100 and oh, I forget what the number is, even $134, something like that. So the gap between him and number two, Austin Hooper, there are another seven tight ends down from Austin Hooper within the same price range. That's how big a difference there is in the dollars per point for Travis Kelsey. So I agree. He's $100 less than Mark Andrews at tight end. He's just $100 more than Austin Hooper, but stands clearly alone as a value at the position this week. Yeah, so I mean, I would definitely try to get him doing cash. I, I would say if you, for some reason, you need to go cheap, I think Jack Doyle at 5200 bucks is your best bet down there. Or Red Ellison's down there as well. What is, is he man? Is he, uh, he's, he's, only, he's only 5K, so I'd, I'd rather pay the 200 extra for uh, Jack Doyle. I, honestly, I think Jack Doyle and Rhett Ellison are very similar this week. 
Maybe. I, I think the Colts. I, I trust the Colts offense a bit more, I guess, it would, would, would be the difference. I can see that. Tournament side, who's your tight end? I'm going Jared Cook here, um, fifty eight hundred bucks. So you know he he'd be a stack to differentiate your Drew Brees lineups. Um, Fanshare has Cook projected at sub one percent ownership. Obviously coming off the ankle injury, but he's been a full go in practice all week, so I'm not worried about the ankle. Um, Atlanta's been okay in tight end defense, but they have allowed a tight end touchdown in uh, four straight games. Now, or sorry, they've allowed four total tight end touchdowns over the last four games. And, you know, in this spot for the Saints offense, they have a 32.5-point implied total. I just think Cook is, is really one of the better touchdown bets at the position this week. Yeah, I mean, we just saw recently where the Rams went in with a clear plan to target Gerald Everett uh, against the Falcons. So I think it's certainly – there's certainly a possibility that the Saints work that portion of the field. Yep. I'm going to call it TJ Hawkinson week here, too. 5300 bucks for him. Football Outsiders has the Bears 6th, 10th, and 13th in wide receiver coverage, 27th in tight end coverage. The Philly tight ends last week just exploited that defense for 13 receptions, 142 yards and a touchdown. If TJ Hawkinson's going to go off, and I hope that's going to happen again, I'm going to be there for it. I'll be there I'll be there with you on Hawkinson. <laughs> on the flex, it, it might be a week to play wide receiver as opposed to running backs for me, in, in even on FanDuel and flex. What about you? Um... It might be, but I probably won't. Honestly, I'm I'm just sort of I'm locked into running backs of flex. Not I, I like the value at running back too. So talked about David Montgomery at 6,400 bucks. Ronald Jones right below him at 6,300. J- Jalen Samuels I think is still in play at 6,200. Especially if Trey Edmonds is out as well for Pittsburgh. We'll hopefully find out Friday afternoon here. But I think that would help Samuels ball carrying um, volume. And then Devontae Freeman at 6,200. I mean. The matchup's not good against New Orleans, but Ito Smith's out. So, you know, Freeman's going to handle 70 to 80% of the running back work. I think all of those names that you mentioned are exactly why I think it might be a week to play wide receiver because those guys cost more than players such as Christian Kirk, Golden Tate, uh, Calvin Ridley at 5,300, John Brown at 58, DJ Moore at 58, Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson, Jamison Crowder. I think all those guys, besides Robbie Anderson, are in a similar range in terms of floor this week, obviously a running back tends to get more just raw volume. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about yardage that these guys are all capable of or likely to produce, I think that they, that all these wide receivers are right in the same range. Maybe I'll expand my horizons and maybe toy around with a wide receiver and flex. Just make sure that you play Ronald Jones or Devontae Freeman in your shark duel lineup (laughs) or both. Why don't you just double up on those guys? I I could definitely play both. We'll, We'll see. Oh, yeah. All right. Over on defense, what are you focusing on? Um, yeah, t- tough week on D. No one I'm really excited about. I'm, I'm, I think the Browns at 3,500 are sort of the cheapest D I'd want to play. So I'll probably start there in cash. You know, Cleveland, home favorites against the Bills. The Bills have the fourth lowest implied total of the week, and, and you're getting the takeaway upside with Josh Allen at quarterback. I agree. I'm starting with the Browns at 3,500. There's there's sack and takeaway upside, as you mentioned there, for a team that's a home favorite. I think you have the same thing in the Packers at 4,000 bucks mm-hmm. against the Panthers, also at home, also the favorite. So if I have the 500 bucks, I would prefer the Packers because I think it's a better defense. And I think Kyle Allen is as volatile a player as Josh Allen is. So I don't think you lose anything in terms of upside there. Yeah, I actually had the Packers down as my tournament play, so I, I'm with you there. 
Nice. So that's going to do it for this Week 10 edition of our FanDuel podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Kevin's top picks for playing on FanDuel this weekend. Check out our full Week 10 rankings, complete with FanDuel dollars per point projections, and mess around with the lineup builder tool. Try, try to win yourself some money in DFS this weekend. Check back Saturday morning. You can see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the next round of the Shark Duel. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smoll and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaff saying thanks so much for swimming with us.